everybody and welcome to the true crime squad this is katie weaver i'm here with my sister co-host and partner in crime christy brower hello hello hey everybody i can't believe it, it's already wednesday i know this week has gone lost a little really quick here. well we holidayed on monday you know right when there's a monday holiday the week just feels wrong <laughs> it's weird everything's too fast yeah yeah but it is Wednesday night case updates, and we're excited. Uh, kind of an interesting night because there's not a lot of case updates uh, kind of across the board because some things have wrapped up and, you know, not a lot going on in court over the week of the 4th. So anyway, we have some interesting things to bring to you. Uh, we do. A little different uh, than how we necessarily always do this, but want to say mm -hmm. hi to Janie. Cranky, Jessica, RJ, Bianca, Alexia, welcome everybody, Stephanie. <laughs> Good to see you guys. Hope that you can. I do show and tell weekend. for you. Yes. All right. Check out this killer mug Katie made me. Yes. This picture is a picture of our dad. That's our dad right there. Mm -hmm. And his. <laughs> <laughs> three brothers and this was them the fall before he died at um boise state football game he bought season tickets and then kind of took turns take we all went at least once and mm -hmm. so katie took this killer picture that we have of them together i think Scott and, took, yeah well yeah scott took the picture took the picture right, yeah the picture and put it on this mug yeah, so cute, and I've been drinking out of it all ever since. Well, she to me. I'm so glad. I'm glad you love it. I made them yeah. for our family reunion that we didn't go to because we went to the lavender festival. But uh, yeah, Christy liked it so much she needed one too. Yeah, yeah, it's a good I picture. Mean, we all have it framed. In case in our you were houses. wondering, Katie does custom mugs. I do. Mm -hmm. I do. It's true. I'm working right now on a whole set of because we have another witch's market tomorrow night and yeah. so i am working on a set of tiles i took this awesome tile for my friend for her birthday she's a photographer and so i stole a piece of her art uh you know for her purposes only and <laughs> sublimated it onto a tile with a little easel stand for it and it's really really cute and i went i could do more of these for the witch's market so i've been working on some files um, I need to work on files quickly because, you know, the witch's market is tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> probably should get right on that. Right. Well, I prepped all my tiles last night, so now I just have to do the sub part. But they take kind of a long time. They You have to press them for eight minutes, which is a lot in comparison to, uh, to others. Mm. Like most things you press for 60 seconds, so eight minutes is a lot. But, mm. you know, whatever. It's fine. If they look <laughs> as good as this, right? Yeah. Amazing. It's going to be great. Well, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Well, we promised a story. We said we weren't going to tell you this story in one of our uh, episodes because it's too funny. And our episode this morning was, uh, you know, about the 4th of July shooting. So we didn't want to get too silly. But we did want to tell you what happened when we went camping this weekend. And floated the river. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, please. We this both share a role, in, we both share a role in this story. About me, mostly. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we floated the river. And uh, that's always something we want to do. We don't always feel up to it. But this time we did. And Christy, you had bought a brand new floaty. It was so cute, too. It was a unicorn. I loved it. I was all set for it to be this awesome float. It's great little, just straddle it, hold the handles. Perfect. Roll right on down the river, right? Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> totally wrong. Um, 
it turned out it was really hard to stay on. Like, really hard to stay on. Yeah, it was all, it was very poorly balanced. And so to sit the way you're supposed to and hold the neck just meant I was doing this, you know, tipping me into the water. So trying to balance it was really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So the first time you got on, I was sitting in like this little lounge thing. Highly recommended. I've never fallen out of it. Not yet. I did have one calamity, though. I'll tell you about it. But um, <laughs> you sure did. Christy got on the unicorn. We were tied together. We always tie a few floaties together because it's not fun to float the river by yourself, especially if you, you know, get into trouble and need help. So we well, always it's really easy to get separated. Mm-hmm. And everybody else was pretty much mostly on paddle boards and and stuff. So we were tied together and our nephew Stone was just swimming and just kind of keeping up with us because, well, he knows the shit that happens when we float the river and Stone uh, happens to be a saint. And so (laughs) he genuinely is. (laughs) So Christy was only on that unicorn for, oh, I don't know, 60 seconds. And our nephew Jack threw a floaty to her and said, here, catch this. Because, you know, he thought he was going to float with two floaties and that doesn't work. So he threw it. Of course, it was my responsibility to take the extra (laughs) freaking floaty. And she fell off the unicorn. (laughs) I caught this stupid floaty and flipped the unicorn. And then I was like, oh, shit. Now I am screwed because it's like once it starts happening, I can't stop it. So she managed to wrestle her way back on. And we floated for a while, but she was in a really uncomfortable kind of like laying back position like this. It was and all finally, I could do to keep it balanced. I had to lay on my back, staring straight at the sky and couldn't see where we were going or anything. That didn't yeah. seem like a great plan. So she finally decided, maybe I'll just try to like sit up a little bit, <laughs> which resulted in a front flip <laughs> off sure of did. the unicorn. Sure damn did. And then when she stood up, this is the thing that killed me the most. When she stood up, you know how when you like trip and you try to save yourself from falling, and you'll take those like enormous steps to save yourself? Somehow when she fell off of the unicorn and landed and stood, she started to fall again and took these two giant lunging steps, <laughs> face planted on, <laughs> on the side of the unicorn. Her glasses flew off. Thank God Stone was right there and grabbed them. Oh, or they would have just been gone forever. I could not believe it when my glasses fell off. Guys, I am like, without my glasses on nearsightedness, I'm legally blind. Like, that's how blind I am. So without the glasses, I am screwed. Yeah. But again, Stone, the saint, caught my Uh glasses. (laughs) (laughs) He stood there forever trying to help you get back on the float, and it just was not happening. He tried mm-hmm. everything from holding the float down to, you know, take just try taking a little bigger jump this time. You know, anyway, it didn't he work. He was very patient. It he is really true. was. You decided to just give up and walk for a while. Oh, uh, yeah. Mostly because um, I was pissed and exhausted from trying to get home <laughs> and falling back off so many times. I laughed so hard during that period when you face planted on the unicorn that was it for me I laughed so hard that I started to get this pain up the side of my head and I was like oh my god this is how it ends I actually am gonna laugh myself to death (sighs) (laughs) but we finally got control walked a little ways down the river well I rode you walked and Mm -hmm. then uh you finally were able to get back on yeah and kind of a weird precarious situation but (laughs) you were at least on it (laughs) And then we went over this giant stick sticking out of the water. Well, well, I didn't go over it. I said, look out for the stick. And I kicked <laughs> off from it with my foot. This one, on the other hand. I went over it. Um, I felt it kind of graze my bottom, but I didn't think anything else of it, really. Well, then we got to our dock and got out. And I was holding on to the front of Scott's canoe and my floaty helping haul everything out. And my niece behind me went, oh, hey, Kate, there's a big hole in the butt of your swimming suit. <laughs> and yeah, there was. <laughs> so everyone behind me got to see, uh, you know, my big fat white ass sticking out of that swimming suit. <laughs> yeah. She's walking up the dock and her husband goes, <laughs> 
How embarrassing. <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty great. We, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I am bruised to hell all over my legs and my knees. Mm-hmm. Going down in the gravel so many times. We had to, we had to go back to camp and drink copper camels just to recover. Chris, I will tell you that there actually is video. Because my jackass brother-in-law watched this whole damn thing happen, and he took video of it. And he from the bank. To, from the <laughs> bank, yeah. Well, he's yet to turn the video over to me, because I was going to make some kind of, like, montage of me, you know, <laughs> eating shit 40 times. <laughs> but if we get that, I will share it. How's that? Yeah. He even, uh, he says that he even uh, commentated. Like yes, it was a sporting event. apparently commentary yes. as well, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, everyone says they're going to need that. Need footage. that. Footage. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll see if I can have it for you for next time cuz well, prepare Ooh. yourselves because I almost gave myself an aneurysm. <laughs> we'll see if it's really that funny. Well, unfortunately, mm-hmm. they started recording right after the face plant. So they missed the best part maybe, but I don't know. There were some other pretty great parts. Just trying to get back on that stupid, stupid unicorn. You know what I did to the unicorn? Oh, yeah. This I stabbed it to death with scissors. Like, no one else is going to want this thing. You can't even ride it. It's completely unbalanced. So, as revenge, I uh, <laughs> took mm-hmm. some scissors out there and stabbed the shit out of it. It's over with. I feel a yep. little better now about it. How do people ride these things? Are they just younger than us? I've, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> yes. Fall videos do make for the best laughs. It's absolutely true. <laughs> they, they do. I mean, I, it is my literal favorite thing to watch other people fall down. So I guess sometimes that's be me. Oh, <laughs> Spirit Tay fell off of her duck in the Truckee River last week. <laughs> no, no. She has a real duck. Oh, this is a real duck. Oh. Yeah, that inflatable canoes. But no, she has a real duck. So the oh, real okay. duck got lost. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is a, you know, we love to float the river. We honestly usually only make it out once or twice a whole year. You know, our nephew had a full uh, old-fashioned inner tube, and he did super good on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we just need us a big old tractor tire or something. The lounge chair thing, honestly, is brilliant. It has, mm-hmm. like, a sling thing that you sit in, and then it has a big blow-up thing that goes around it, and it has handles and, like, armrests. And you just sit, and you just go. Like, it's, there's nothing to it. Yeah, apparently I chose incorrectly, so I'm going to think <laughs> about one of those if I ever do it again. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to have to buy a new one. This was Kara's, and... um. I think that the whole hitting the stick incident uh, also tore a hole in it because the bottom is no longer able to hold air. Oh, dear. <laughs> so I'll have to replace hers all by myself one at the same time. I'll get you one, too. Then right, can go float. Because I'll tell you what, I could go float right goddamn now. It is so hot here. It's just insane. Mm, it and is, I know yeah. compared to some of you guys, it's hot. It's not hot. But for here. It's real hot. Yeah. We be dying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Amy, Amy, I feel better. See, you understand. My mom gave my kids this giant lobster floaty for the pool. They spent hours trying to get on it. It became like a bull riding event. Yes, that is how this stupid unicorn was, too. <laughs> bull riding event. <laughs> I totally get it. I was in a unicorn riding event, and I lost. But in the long run, the unicorn lost. So, Well, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so that was our weekend. It was good. We ended up uh, with neighbors that we didn't uh, want nor expect, but that worked. it turned out okay. It did. It was pretty in fun. our campsite. Yeah, we did good. It was good. Um, the The goal was always for us. This was our fatal flaw of our weekend. We go camping over the fourth to get our dogs out of town because the fireworks are so intense. Our dogs get so upset. The problem was because of the way uh, the fourth late this year, we ended up having to uh, come home on the fourth. So we were home for the fireworks, which 
was a nightmare. We ended up driving clear up into the mountains to just try to get them out of town. And which was okay, except for that, you know, you have to come home at some point. Right. Which we did. And then poor Rico, uh, he barked all night. Mm. We were still getting booms at 4.30 in the morning. And last night, we were still hearing booms till about 3. People be assholes, man. I don't what know. Do you all get this Come in your on. neighborhoods in the U.S.? If you're in the U.S., if you get, do you get this in your neighborhoods where people do that till like three or four o'clock in the morning for a week or more? Ugh. Like, why? Why? Yeah. I just don't get it. I I don't. I understand wanting to do some fireworks. That's fine. I don't do them, but I sure don't care if other people do. But I don't understand this. This need yeah. to do them at, you know, all hours of the day and night. I just don't get it. I think it's so rude. But, it is. but who totally am I? It. Who am I? I don't know. Just some lady with a hole in her swimsuit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's it. That's me. <laughs> oh, Renee says people around here are setting them off as we speak. Oh. Ugh. Well, see, here we get double whammied because the the Mormon, the big Mormon holiday is coming up on July 24th uh, for uh, Pioneer Day. And they also do a bunch of fireworks. And so, and a huge parade and stuff. They treat it, I mean, it's as big of a deal around here as the 4th is. And so we just get double whammied. Yeah, it's just almost too much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Stella, we've been getting some of that too. People setting them off at different times of the year that don't have anything to do with the 4th of July. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, and we have city ordinances around here, too, and they're not enforced. No. I don't think they can, frankly. They can't always prove where they come from, and there's so freaking many people that are breaking the rules because Mm -hmm. aerial fireworks are illegal here. Yeah. But people are doing them all the freaking time. Drive to Mm -hmm. Wyoming to buy the big fancy ones and then do them here. Yep. Yep, it's uh, it's too much, too much for me. Yeah, and and for poor Rico, Rico has had rescue remedy. He has had some clary sage um, on his ears. He's had CBD. Like he's had everything I can think of, and he's just not having it. Yeah, poor boy. Yeah, our girls get CBD, and it does help, but still. Well, yes, I'm with you. Cranky said they should do a synchronized drone light show. Did you see the one above Tahoe? Oh, wow. That's a cool uh, idea. There's some ways to do this that it isn't loud. They did one above Lake Tahoe rather than uh, fireworks because it's so dry there. And it, it was amazing. Yep. It can be done. Yeah. Oh, Spirit Taste said she saw some coming over South Lake Tahoe. They were busing. Interesting because they also mm. did a. Yeah, maybe a thunder shirt for Rico. Rico gets really upset about wearing clothes too. Yeah. Rico Rico's easily upset. Uh as so I haven't tried a thunder shirt because clothes usually upset him, but Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So there you go. We're all just going to be a bunch of Karen's about a uh, fireworks. Sick of this shit. Yep. <laughs> for sure. Well, we do have cases to cover. Should we get there? We should. Okay, so, I mean, let's talk about the big, uh, you know, the biggest elephant in the room, of course, Robert Cremo or Crimo. I'm uh, just going to call him Crimo because that seems to make much more uh, sense. That seems to fit, right? So or he, little asshole, how's that? Mm-hmm. This, of course, was the 4th of July shooter, and he was in court this morning for the first time, and some kind of interesting things happened. There's a couple things I want to show you as well. Uh, This is the gun that was in his car. So he dropped one AK that he'd used for the assault on his way out. He had an Mm -hmm. orange or a yellow duffel bag that he dropped. Um, But uh, he also had this in his car when he was arrested Thank God he did not start another shootout or start a shootout with the police. But we know now from court that he also was planning on hitting another parade. 
He was hoping to hit another mm -hmm. event, but decided he hadn't planned well enough and scrapped his plans to do it. Unthinkable that this could have been twice as bad as it was. Yeah. But the other interesting thing in this picture of his car is look at the right hand, like up at the top towards the right. That looks like a chakra thing. It does. It could also be a pack of cigarettes. Oh, maybe. When I, I looked at it, I went. trying to decide what it was. That looks like a chakra chart to me. Kind of does, Weird. yeah. Anyway, I uh, mm. also wanted to share this is his booking photo. Yikes. The dude just does not look okay. Well, no. He's like 5'8 and 110 pounds. Yeah, he is very scary, skinny. He does not look well, no. just medically. No. And yet, he is definitely, Amy says, he makes the FOS list for sure. Yeah, he's number one. Oh, yeah, boy, yeah. doesn't he, though? Oh. FOS being fight on site. Yep. Yes, Cranky, he was on his way up to Madison, Wisconsin. Yep, he sure was. And then turned around and came back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Renee, right now they're just calling it a random attack. I think it's such a shitty term, a random mm -hmm. attack, when we're talking about somebody who was in a, who did this, you know, mm -hmm. and planned it for weeks. And I, there's nothing random about it, except for that random, meaning they don't think that he was focusing on any specific race, which mm -hmm. uh, seems to probably be true. But uh, he does have a manifesto. But it's all written in numbers. Jerry, what a looker. Yeah. yeah. I know. He's Yeah. Terrifying. There's like a 28-page or something like that manifesto, but it's all written in number code. So who knows what it says. Of course it is. Of course mm -hmm. it is. I'm sure that more will keep coming. But it's interesting because Christy and I had a conversation this morning uh, about him, that uh, about his parents. Wondering yeah. if his parents would go the ways of the Crumblies. Well, it seems like his parents are wondering if they're going to go the ways of the Crumblies, and they damn well should. Because this morning, his parents, uh, he started out with an attorney who then had said he had to uh, uh, remove himself because of an undisclosed uh, conflict issue. of interest. Conflict of interest, yeah. So he now has been assigned a public defender. His parents have hired themselves an attorney. Just the guy who defended R. Kelly. Yeah. I mean, do you are you trying to look as guilty as possible? Mm -hmm. By the way, R. Kelly lost his case. What are you doing? Yeah. Mm. Yep. So they obviously think that they may be facing something. Well, frankly, from what I've heard so far, I think they should be. I agree. I agree. Especially his father, who obviously knew that this kid was messed up, knew that he was not safe, was seeing the stuff that he was doing, has had to call the police to their house twice, once for a suicide attempt, once because he was telling them that he wanted to kill everybody. And the police came and confiscated like 15 weapons, no guns, all swords, daggers, uh, and knives. The same freaking year, his dad co-signs with him to get his first, to get his uh, state ID card in order to be able to get uh, the, the police identification card to be able to purchase those weapons. Because he wasn't 21, his parents had to sign on it. Why would you sign on and that? And they did it. And they did Idiots. it. Yeah. This this mentally ill, abusive, dangerous person, that just, it makes me so friggin' pissed. Yeah. Like, when are people going to get it? If your kid is acting out, you don't give them the gun to do the shooting. I mean, come on. Yeah. Ugh. Paula said, do his parents have lots of money? I heard he will need a public defender. It all seems hinky. Yeah, well, I, I don't know for sure on that. What I know is that the town where this happened is one of the wealthiest cities in the country. And that his dad has owned a couple of uh, restaurants and delis. So they, they've got money from somewhere. They've got to. Yeah. Right. 
Right, but he's 21. So yeah. their their money is not counted toward he didn't live with them either. So their money yeah. does not count toward him as far yeah. as his income. Yep. That's right, Chris. Parenting by credit card. No yeah. time for kids, so buy them what they want. Yep. You know, my suspicion is that her his parents are afraid of him. I'm sure they are. And they've just wussed out here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not held a, a harder line with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and the fact that the police didn't charge him, you know, yeah. there's nothing to come up, no red flags to come up on a background check. Yeah. Although this kid was a walk, he was on fire. He was a walking red flag. Oh Everything God. about him. Oh my goodness. Well, in our episode that came out this morning, we had shared a bit of one of his music videos in which he's enacting a school shooting. Yep. I mean, uh, how? So I, I want to jump from there. We, we can stop talking about him now. For now, I'm sure there's going to be a whole lot more coming. And we're going to talk about it. And we're going to use his name. And I know some reporters are trying really hard to not use his name. And I understand the sentiment. But at the same time, it's out there. It's out there. And, you yes. know, this idea that we can't talk about our name shooters or talk, you know, just let them float into obscurity because we don't want to make them famous. It, that's not working. Right. So I'm it over isn't that. At all. And particularly because if we don't talk about these things and all of the red flags that were missed, how are we going to learn when this starts coming up in our own lives to do something about it? If we're not aware that the things that he's had going on in the last few years are huge mm-hmm. red flags. And if you see mm-hmm. this in a, in a person in your family, you need to report them. For yeah. their safety and the safety of everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me tell you what happened in Richmond. Last week, a hero citizen, that's what they're calling him, a hero citizen overheard a conversation between two other individuals talking about attacking their Independence Day celebration and pulling off a mass shooting. And that hero citizen, instead of just going, huh, that's weird, called the police and said, hey, I'm hearing this stuff. This is what these guys are saying, really concerning. And the police thought so too. And they initiated an investigation. They called in the US Department of Homeland Security. They called in the FBI and they arrested two men named Roman hmm, Balacarcel and Julio mm. Alvardo Dubon on charges of non-U.S. citizen possession of firearms. Mm. They said additional uh, charges are probably coming, but they seized two assault rifles, a handgun, and hundreds of rounds of ammunition and mm. related materials that were in plain view the police called them weapons of war. God. Yep. So one of the suspects was at the house. They arrested him there and then used surveillance to track down the other one. That's yeah. amazing. But see, see something, say something. This is the thing. We have to normalize bravery around this. Mm-hmm. Have the courage to stand up. Have the courage to call the cops and the FBI and whoever else, you know? Yep. You yep. hear it, you see it, you tell. Yep. So Absolutely. often. I mean, this dumb crime stuff was on YouTube. And tons Richmond, of Virginia, were, Renee. Richmond, were watching Virginia. watching it. Yeah. And they didn't, you know, why didn't someone say, uh, this guy's acting out of school shooting in his videos. We think maybe there's something going on with him. Yeah. But then we also have to have a system that's willing to get involved. Right. I mean, everything worked in the Richmond, Virginia situation. Someone saw something and said something. The police listened. They got additional authorities involved to help them. They put it all together. Everything went right. But how often do things go wrong? Well, let's talk about that because a new tidbit about Uvalde just came out that is absolutely staggering. Uh, yeah. As a gunman approached the school... Before he went inside, before all of these children and adults died, before it happened, 
An officer had him in his sights, asked for permission to shoot, did not receive that permission, and the shooter went in. This could have been stopped before he ever got in the damn door. They were there. They saw him. He had him in his sights, but didn't dare shoot without permission. And this is what happened. I just, what do you even say to that? Like, what do you even say to that? What do you even say to that? I don't even know. Why do you need permission as a police officer, as an armed person entering an elementary school? Shouldn't that be a shoot on sight kind of situation? Not, you know, some poor, unfortunate black man who gets pulled over for a traffic infraction and gets 90 bullets. Yeah. On Monday. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, obviously there's harm. There's intent to harm there. Anybody walking into an elementary school with an automatic weapon. Yeah. yeah, Please shoot them. You have permission. Get it done. Yeah. Oof. I think that we are going to do like maybe a t-shirt or a sweatshirt that says get brave, see something, say something. Yeah. True crime squad. I love that. Right. I think we need something like that. Yes. They need to be held accountable. The police chief uh, is also on the city council and he has now taken a step down from the city council because he's under so much fire. Um, There needs to be a whole lot more than that go down. They all need to be fired, every single one of them. Right. Shouldn't a sh- somebody with a gun going into an elementary school be permission enough? Jessica, I agree. Yeah. Entirely. I mean, cops that shoot people all the time enough. without permission. The hell is this permission crap? Right. And usually wrongly. And so the one time they could have done it and it would have been the right thing and they didn't? Yeah. Hard to imagine. <sighs> yeah. Well, speaking of hard to imagine, uh, Christy, do you want to talk to us about what happened with the funeral director from Colorado this week? Oh, boy, you guys, you know how we kind of get interested in funeral homes and the stuff they have going on. So this is a uh, funeral home in Colorado. The uh, owner has pled guilty to mail fraud. We're illegally selling body parts and giving clients fake ashes. So this is, and you know the other thing that kills me? This is women that did this. Yes. Like, what? So Megan Hess, who's 45, her and her mother, Shirley Coke, Shirley Coke, who is, oh, she doesn't give her name. They were indicted in 2020 on six counts of mail fraud. And three counts of transporting hazardous material. Yeah. Body parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's a deal in place. And so some of Megan Hess's charges are dropped. So she just gets the mail fraud. Um, so they did come to a deal. There wasn't a trial. Mm-hmm. Um, Coke is getting not less than 63 months in prison. Uh, yeah. Doesn't seem like enough. No, definitely doesn't. So, um, Megan Hess has already pled guilty. Um, her mother, Shirley Coke is going to, is, has a change of plea hearing on July 12th. So they are, um, both, yeah, basically this is what happens right before trial. Right. When they can take a plea instead of go to trial. And this is what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, so Megan Hess faces up to 20 years in prison. Mm-hmm. Okay. She'll be, she will be sentenced till January, but she could go to prison for 20 years. And her mother will go to prison for no less than 63 months. Okay. So they ran Sunset Mesa Funeral Directors. Uh, it was a nonprofit. And they sold hundreds of bodies between 2010 and 2018 they were selling these bodies that were supposed to be cremated. Mm-hmm. And then they were giving urns to family members with ashes that were actually someone else. Yep. Yep. Uh, they even sold body parts that belonged to people who had died of an infectious disease, which is horrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
here's what Megan has had to say in court. She exceeded the scope of the con- of the consent, and I'm trying to make it right. Oh, <laughs> what? Oh. Listen, lady. She said, I'm taking responsibility. I'm here to accept the plea. The families believe I went be the families believe I went beyond the scope of the consent forms. Oh my god. What? Oh my god. Can you um, ooh, you just want to slap her so hard for that? (laughs) She must have gone to the uh Ghislaine Maxwell School of uh Gaslighting, gaslighting, because that's yeah. a whole lot. Like, I hope me suffering in prison makes you happy now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They believe because instead of cremating their family members and sending the ashes, they sold their body parts and sent them fake ashes. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Oh, who were they selling the body parts to? Some black market for body parts, and that's gross as hell. All of it's so gross. Yeah. But yeah, what a little shithead that that's her response. The families I mean, believe that this yeah. is about the consent forms. Yes, that's all this is about. It's just consent forms. Good Lord. Yeah. Sometimes body parts are going to medical schools, law enforcement agencies, the military, and other industries that need to purchase body parts for like research. But not always, and they're not usually the ones that are buying the, you know, the black market stuff. Or maybe they are. And usually these are not transplant parts. However, I mean, yeah. the transplant system is a very tightly controlled system. Yeah. What, black market yeah. transplant? Very, yeah. very scary. It's just so horrifying to think, you know, that... uh that this could happen. I mean, remember, it's Denver not too long ago that lost that big box of heads. I know. We've never, ever That's found never out what recovered. happened to those heads either. Yeah, I don't think it's ever been recovered. Yep. Yeah. So, yep. gross. Ugh. It is pretty awful. Yep. Mm-hmm. But at least uh, some action is being taken. But, yeah. I'm sure, I mean, just like around here... Somebody commented on our Downard Funeral Home story not too, just like a couple weeks ago and said that her brother's body has still never been recovered from Downard's. That's so horrifying. It's I been almost a year and there have been yeah. no charges. No charges and there's a body missing. At least one. That's just the one we heard about. There could right. be more. There, it's there unbelievable. Well yeah. Talk about. Yep. Horrendous people. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, <laughs> let's talk about Nicholas Alaverde and some more. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. See, I keep checking this case this because at some point he should be extradited back to the States. So they but, can actually face his crimes here? That'd yeah. be good. Starting with that sexual assault in Utah, it should be top of the list. It is. It is. It's it's Utah that's fighting so hard to get him back. So, again, this is the guy who was charged with a bunch of stuff, sexual assault, fraud, a bunch of things like that here in the U.S., and then faked his own death and was missing on the lam for a couple of years. And then a hospital in Scotland took in a COVID patient that was on a respirator for a little bit. And identified his tattoos. And then the FBI identified his DNA or or Interpol, maybe his DNA and his uh, fingerprints as being this guy who was on the FBI's most wanted list or Interpol's most wanted list. Mm -hmm. And he now, you know, is claiming that his name is Arthur Knight and that he has never, ever been to the U.S., and that these are erroneous charges. The funny thing is, he's pulling Nick Aliverdian bullshit all the while. Yeah. So This, this Arthur Knight how, guy seems a lot like Nick Aliverdian. This is how Arthur Knight is showing up in public. Oh, for God's sakes. Yes, very decrepit, in a wheelchair, on oxygen. Supposedly, COVID did a real number on him. It, is he it, on oxygen, though? That's the weirdest show. oxygen setup. Well, this looks a whole lot like covering up his face as much as possible. It does. 
the glasses, the oxygen, all of it, you know. Here's the thing. He just keeps doing Nick things, which really cracks me up. So what, uh, so two weeks ago, he was supposed to be, show up to an extradition hearing and he didn't and claimed that he was just too ill, too ill to show. So now he has to go back to court yet again. Well, in the meantime, he has been accused of threatening hospital staff in Scotland. So those hospital staff that, uh, you know, saw something and said something. Yeah. He's been aggressively threatening those people at the Queen Elizabeth University Hospital. Hmm. Sure sounds a lot like Nick Alaverdian to me. Indeed. Yep. He's definitely on the FOS list. I have no problem punching mm-hmm. this guy in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. He's straight at the top I of really the FOS I really doubt he list. actually needs it. Right. I mean, this is one of those that you go, is he just walking around totally fine at home? And then he mm-hmm. puts up and, you know, dresses up in this getup. We also know that, uh, you know, as Arthur Knight, of course, everything's happening as Arthur Knight. Now, we also know as Arthur Knight, he did a lot of attacking the prosecutor in Utah and talking shit a couple of weeks ago. Well, these are all right out of the Nick Alavertian playbook. Well, it's they just are. hilarious. He will be extradited at some point. It's happening. Unless this is the plot twist I keep thinking is going to happen. Arthur Knight is going to fake his own death and disappear again. I don't think so because I think that uh, Scotland has a pretty good, uh, you know, clamp down on him right now. But I thought, wouldn't that be, that would be the way this goes down. Right. But I keep thinking at some point he's going to get extradited back to Utah. So I keep keeping an eye on this one because I think it's such a fascinating case. But yeah, anyway. Well, it is. It's very interesting. We'll see what happens. Because, yeah, once Utah gets a hold of him, I hope they chew him up and don't spit him out. Yeah. So there's a couple of small updates uh, or clarifications, maybe, on Daybell Vallow. Do you want to bring those to us? Yes. More... um, Sketchy bullshit? Yes. Mm-hmm. Here are a bunch of filings. This is in Chad's case. This stuff is all sealed. There was an order. There were three orders on 7-6. And then on 7-6, there was also a decision or opinion. And another order. Like all of the, None of these things have been in public court. Nope. So this we're is- just... All of that stuff that they were in court about not too long ago, more attempts to get Prosecutor Wood and Prosecutor Smith thrown off of the case. Uh, Such a tremendous waste of time and money. And And since no one's saying that they got thrown off of the case, I'm going to assume here that the judge said yet again, no. Yeah, I would think so. But it's really ridiculous that all of it's behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. The public doesn't know what's happening with this case. This is not right. So then... Everyone freaked out over this today. Yeah. A Vine message oh. went out. Vine is a... Um, this was Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday. Yes. This is a, it's a victim notification system that you can sign up for. Uh, it says that Lori Valla was placed on supervised custody as of 7-5-22. Um, no, she was not. This was a glitch in the Vine system that... This is the second time that's happened. And both times it indicates, you know, a change in their custody that they're being moved or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And uh, it's not true. She's still in the Madison County Jail. Everything's yeah. fine. Uh, of she course, wasn't when only... that came out yesterday, everyone was going, my God, she's getting moved back to the hospital. Yeah. That was my first thought. Well, that's it. She'll be moved back to the hospital. Not so quick. Didn't happen. No. Didn't happen, and I don't know what's with the Vine system and why it's screwed up on... I think that it screwed up on lots of people, not just Lori Vallow, but of course, mm. everyone's going to freak out about Lori Vallow sure. over it. But, you know, don't worry. Everything's secretly going on behind closed doors, as usual. hmm Bullshit. Getting real old. Real old. It so really that's is. it, though, in Vallow Day Bell. Things have slowed down a lot, mostly with the their cases while everyone's, you know, should be prepping for trial, but uh, are right. sometimes just, uh, you know, crying their little eyes out. But whatever, it's probably fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk just a little bit about uh, Petito's yes. and the laundries. So as we know, 
uh, Gabby Petito's family has filed suit for their pain and suffering against the Laundries, Brian's parents, because they believe that they knew that Gabby was dead and knew where Gabby was and that they just failed to disclose that information and allowed them to search frantically and allowed a big public search to happen. And so they're suing them. I mean, they're only suing them for like $30,000. It's not a ton of money. It's the point. It's making a point right. that what you guys did was shitty and you should be held accountable for it. And they went to court and pled their cases. Uh, of course, her attorneys was tr were trying to get this uh, kicked out of or the laundry's attorneys were trying to get this kicked out of court. Uh, this is a civil case, of course. And before the judge could even rule, Stephen Bertolino, the laundry's attorney, last week, you might remember this, uh, released mm -hmm. a whole bunch of pages from the notebook. We did a whole story on it. Brian's notebook, it was his confession and or bad attempt at a Harlequin romance and yeah his own little hero's journey mm -hmm. that wasn't it was a mercy killing guy she fell and got hurt he had no choice he had to just kill as you do right yes so frequently when someone you love gets hurt you just put them out of their misery don't you know oh my yeah. god so the judge has made a ruling the judge is allowing the lawsuit to move forward and here's why It, in, here's, I'm going to read it to you because um, I don't want to paraphrase this wrong. Uh, in Thursday's order, Carol wrote that the most, most of the complaints from Petito's parents involved the laundries failing to act, such as not telling the parents where Gabby was or that she was dead. Carol wrote that if the case was about the laundries remaining silent and they had done so, he would have ruled for the laundries, but they were not silent. They released a statement through their attorney on September 14th, 2021, reading, On behalf of the Laundry family, it is our hope that the search for Miss Petito is successful and that Miss Petito is reunited with her family. For purposes of the motion to dismiss, the court must assume the Laundries are responsible for authoring that statement issued by their attorney, Carol said. The Laundries contend their statement is not outrageous as a matter of law, at oral argument, they suggested it was merely a plain statement. Plaintiffs, in contrast, countered during oral arguments, arguing that the statement was knowingly false, designed to create false hope, and issued by the laundries who knew Gabby was dead and where her body was located. Then yeah. the judge goes on to say, if that's true, then the laundry's statement was particularly callous. Well, if, if it's true that they knew where Gabby was and that she was dead. Uh, the laundry statement was particularly callous and cruel and is sufficiently outrageous to state claims for intentional infliction of emotional distress. Yeah. Yep. So their case moves forward. At some point, will we get to see the letter that Roberta wrote to her son? Which we'll on the out. outside of the envelope said burn after reading. Mm-hmm. Which and Bertolino immediately was like, oh, that was written months before. That was written months beforehand. That's yeah, just the okay. name of a movie. Hello, Tabakery. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Come on. Anyway, but they do get to move forward. So there you go. Yeah. Renee, thank you. We are over 5K now. Yeah. Woo! We've yep. had a little uptick in subs. That we're really enjoying it. It's great. Yes, we are. Yeah. Okay, well, moving forward, oh, Christy, talk to us about the epic bullshit going down in Oklahoma. Oh, Oklahoma. So we have talked about this quite a few times. Mm -hmm. Oklahoma has had a real problem in their um, lethal injection for executions. Mm -hmm. They've had several botched ones. Eventually, they, they halted execution altogether in their state because they were having problems getting the right medication. And it was, it was a big yucky mess. So now they have decided that they are going to resume executions because of course they are. Because why not? If a system is um, broken, keep going. Right. So a federal judge upheld their lethal injection protocol 
So they are now going to be executing at least one person a month through the end of 2024. Mm-hmm. And that is horrifying in and of itself. Um, there are about 25 executions that have been pending uh, due to this problem, and they are going to start back up in August. There are 43 people on death row in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So they are now trying to set execution dates for a bunch of people who have been awaiting execution. Yep. So here's just um, a little bit of what has happened leading up to this that led to them having to stop for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, things started going bad in 2015 with Richard Glossop. He um, was given the wrong lethal drug. And they discovered that um, Clayton Lockett, who had been executed the year before, was also given the wrong drug. And of course, what happens with the wrong drug is that they experience pain, they speak, um, groan, convulse. And this is supposed to be like a put them to sleep and they never wake up kind of situation. Right. Uh, Clayton Lockett had a heart attack and it took him 43 minutes to die. So the whole point here is that lethal injection cannot be cruel and unusual punishment. So about this, not just for the inmate, which that's, that is certainly cruel and unusual punishment. Right. For me, the scope of the people that are in the viewing room that are watching this, Right. Whether you want this person to die or not, maybe you do. Maybe he, you know, raped and murdered your 10-year-old. Maybe you're there to get justice and see justice. Okay. But you're all going to see things while this kind of situation is playing out that will never leave you. The people that are administering these drugs, right. the staff at the jail, like this kind of... I mean, witnessing an execution is enough, but which witnessing a botched one or being a part of a botched one, I cannot imagine the psychological damage on people who are a part of that, that this plays. Yeah. yeah. It is not good at all. No. But Judge Stephen Friet uh, ruled in June that the Oklahoma lethal injection protocol, so these are the drugs they're using, Medazolam, which is a sedative, uh, vecuronium bromide, which is a paralytic, and potassium chloride, which is a drug that stops the heart, does yeah. not violate the Eighth, eighth Amendment's prohibition against cruel and unusual punishment. Yeah. Uh, he said the plaintiff inmates have fallen well short of clearing the bar set by the Supreme Court. So basically, they don't have to change anything. Oh. This can continue happening just as it has. Mm-hmm. With like people taking, having a heart attack and taking 43 minutes to die and, Mm -hmm. you know, convulsing and vomiting and all of those things. It's awful. Mm -hmm. Absolutely awful. Yeah. So that's just gross. And the problem is that we're going to see a bunch more problematic executions coming out of Oklahoma. This problem is happening all over the country, as we know. Mm Because the drugs for lethal injection are becoming less and less available because mm-hmm. drug companies don't want to be, you know, billed as a company that makes execution drugs. Who no. does? No. Yeah. It's it's gross. It's awful. I um I I am anti death penalty to begin yeah. with. Um, but this this is not right at all. Yep. So we're yeah. going to see more problems coming out of Oklahoma because the judge didn't tell them to change anything. They can keep doing what they've been doing. That resulted in those problematic executions. Mm-hmm. So that's awful. You know, interestingly, South Carolina also cannot get uh, lethal injection drugs. And so they have brought back the firing squad. Right. Most states don't have it anymore. Right. You know. Yeah. But there are people asking for it um, now because they would rather Mm -hmm. have the, you know, the surety of a kill shot. 
there was a man on death row in Nevada named Scott Dozier mm-hmm. who wanted to be executed. He was trying to give up his legal fight and be executed, but Nevada couldn't execute him because of the lethal injection drug issue. And he had said, just give me the firing squad. I'll be happy with that. But they couldn't because they don't have the firing squad in Nevada any longer. Mm-hmm. And so they, uh, he had ended up eventually taking his own life. But, well, we've uh, had the same thing with Richard Pizzuto here in Idaho. Yes. He asked for yeah. the same thing. He finally did get clemency and then he's not going to be executed, but yeah, he's dying of pancreatic cancer. Yeah. But yeah, he'd said the same thing. Just give me the firing squad. Well, Idaho doesn't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, according to the Marshall mm-hmm. Project, prisoners in 10 states are currently suing for the firing squad. Yeah. Because it would be quicker and less painful than yeah. the drugs. And yes, debauchery, you're you're right um, that there is a shortage of the drugs mm-hmm. needed in lethal injection um, because the drug companies just don't want to make them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we have talked here about some back alley deals that have been done by the government here in Idaho mm-hmm. of flying to another state with a briefcase full of cash mm-hmm. to buy the drugs out of the back of a um, pharmacy. Mm-hmm. It's scary shit. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. The firing squad. Ugh. So there's only one state up until South Carolina just uh, pulled this off in April, but there was only one state who still has the firing squad. Any guesses? Wyoming. Utah. 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 And Utah has executed three prisoners since 1977 via firing squad. And interestingly, the article that I was looking at said that it has to do with an archaic Mormon belief that blood has to be shed. I'm not familiar with that, but interesting. That is interesting. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, Well, I'm very surprised that we don't still have it here in Idaho as much as, you know. Well, Idaho just abolished it in 2016. Yeah, it hasn't been that long. Mm -mm. Yeah. Pretty wild. So anyway, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, we'll probably be talking some more about oh, botched executions in Oklahoma. 100%. Because that just keeps going on. Blood atonement. Yeah, Cranky, I think you're correct. I think that's exactly what it is. It is blood atonement, yeah. 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 Oh, poor Renee. She's got to go because her pup is freaking out. Sorry, babe. Oh, oh my goodness. It. Yeah, ethics has officially left the chat. Yep, for sure. For sure. Pretty wild. Pretty wild. So there you have it. Uh, that that's that's case updates. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. Uh, a, a lot of uh, interesting things going on. Per always, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gallows are still at the old penitentiary. Yes, they are in Idaho. Yeah, right. they don't use them, but they're still there. Yeah, pretty crazy. All righty. Well, we're going to be back tomorrow night for the psychic hour but full disclosure it will be pre-recorded it mm-hmm. is uh marching orders and we will come and try and uh, hang out in the chat with you guys we have witches market tomorrow night so we just we got to do something different so we will still be here but it will be a pre-record just so that you know but it is marching orders because it's the first show of the month so it's going to be so good yeah yes it will we all need to hear it it's all going to be good stuff right amy's thinking she needs to get the hell out of oklahoma well mm. Feeling the same way about Idaho, Amy. Yeah. Mark Idaho off your list. Put it right on the bottom because uh, yes. we've also officially done, done gone and lost our minds around here. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Montana's looking pretty dang good, to be honest. <laughs> right. They're still kind of the Wild West, but they're not as Wild West as this shit. Yeah, it's for sure. Yeah. All righty. Well, now there you go. You have it. So like, share, comment. Thanks for being here. All the good stuff. Of course, check us out over on Patreon. It's True Crime Squad at Patreon. We have a billion. Okay, don't quote me on that. We have a lot of episodes over there. And uh, we would love for you guys to go check it out. And of course, we'll be back tomorrow night. And then we'll be back next week with a whole new slate of cases. So thank you so very much, you guys. This has been yet another episode of the True Crime Squad. (laughs) Take care. Bye, everybody.
Thank you.